Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, July 17th, and uh, we are going to detour from Miss Marvel real quick. We have all seen Thor Love and Thunder, so we are going to do a full spoilers Thor Love and Thunder review of the movie. Um, but before that, I believe Richard has something to clear up from last episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we talked about Werewolf by Night, and I remember asking you, Michael, if Werewolf by Night was like bitten by a werewolf or he had like a gym, or if I was confusing that with J. Jonah Jameson's son, uh, John Jameson. Uh, John Jameson is Manwolf, and he has the amulet that turns him into a werewolf. Okay. He went into space for some reason for like a secret mission to collect moon rocks. He finds a gem on the moon, takes it back, gets it through contamination, and then makes like a necklace and it turns him into a werewolf. Werewolf by night, both Jack Russell and Jake Gomez are born as a werewolf. It's like a family curse. I don't know if they're both related. I, I looked to see if they were. It doesn't seem like they are, but they are both born as a werewolf, not bitten by one. So anyway, I just want to clear that up for our listeners. And uh, speaking of of dogs, <laughs> uh, I tried to editing them out last week, but if anyone hears any whining on Jeremy's audio, he had his dog. <laughs> they were on a little family get together and he had his dog with him. And no, he was not abusing a dog in the background, so don't call Sarah McLaughlin on us or anything. We're we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need the arms of an angel swooping in. So we're okay. Yeah, and I, I'll say I want to apologize if I seemed distracted some during that episode because that was it was an eventful evening for me during that one. So that was that was fun. <laughs> yeah, which I, I'll say like as well. I told. Him, my wife, I was like, man, I had a lot of questions and I missed my opportunity because I was still like worrying about other things. And so I was like, man, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are also going to be talking about Miss Marvel because there are huge implications from the ending of that show. Not only just the the end credit scene, but the revelation of Kamala Khan and her genetics? Yes, her extreme revelation. Extreme. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking about that next week, correct? On the next episode? Yes. Yes. I want to make sure to clarify. Yeah. And also, whoop, Brie Larson! Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Just hint for next week's episode. If you haven't seen the Miss Marvel episode. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So now that we've cleared all that up and it's given me a little extra time to jot some stuff down. We ready for this? This Thor. We ready? Is you ready? Uh, I'm ready for some more Thor. With gore? With gore. With less gore. <laughs> Honestly. That yeah. should be the name. That <laughs> yeah. should be the name of this episode is more Thor, less gore. Yes. <laughs> All right, real quick, try to do like we always do. First appearances, this isn't all of them, but this is what I had the time to jot down because I honestly forgot. So, 
Here we go. <laughs> Thor's first appearance, Journey into Mystery, number 83. Korg's first appearance, Incredible Hulk, number 93. Jane Foster as Jane Foster is Journey into Mystery, 84. As the Mighty Thor, Thor, number one, 2014. Gore the God Butcher is Thor, God of Thunder, number two, which we did a review on that. So if you missed that, go back and check out that read that we reviewed. Eternity, Strange Tales, number 138. And I'm going to throw this out there just because that's where I feel like we're headed. Singularity, A-Force, number one from 2015. Now, we'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> Will Meters, let's go ahead. Will Meters for this movie. Where are y'all at? I think we already got Jeremy's. I think we already got mine. So uh, just to recap real quick, I think I had meh on my Will Meter. Jeremy, what would you have again? I had uh, whelmed based off of, like you mentioned, the God of Thunder series that we read, but as just a movie without being ruined by comics by you two, uh, it was <laughs> pleasantly whelmed. Now, you've actually seen it a second time. Has that yes. changed your opinion since then? Uh, now is your change? No, 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 it hasn't. I will say, like, I took my my sons to see it the second time and my oldest his favorite part was the goats so uh, <laughs> which makes sense which most nine-year-old boys would think that yeah so, yep. yes <laughs> all right richard i have to ask i have to ask did you have to explain what an orgy was <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was glad it did like I was very glad that that was spoken with an accent because I don't know that he got it all. Now. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't, it was, you know, with those, that part, you had to kind of pay attention a little bit. But yeah, I'm glad he just, he didn't ask about that. But I will say, I remember as well, Michael, whenever you took your son <laughs> to see that other movie, that the, was it Spider Man or Doctor Strange? I think it was Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor, it was no Spider Man, No Way Home. Yeah. Why well, fully understand what you were talking about in, in preparing for the movie because that boy got up four times within like a 30 to 45 minute span to go pee. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I told him afterwards, I was like, next time we go see a movie, no liquids for four hours before the movie. We're done. Right. Hey, <laughs> you got to dry that bladder out, dude, like right before. Yeah. And you don't allow liquids until after previews. Like, yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to take them to have an operation with the doctor like cutoff time is this time bro <laughs> yeah it really is fasting <laughs> <laughs> you won't die I promise <laughs> we're gonna see that in scene credit yeah exactly it's in every Marvel movie <laughs> <laughs> Richard what is your whelm meter so I was whelmed by this movie I like Takeawa TT I really like his humor but I feel this movie was a bit of a misstep. It felt like a movie made for kids, mm. but there were a lot of things that were not suitable for kids. Yes. In, in my opinion, I don't have kids. So th yeah. this was one of the questions I was going to ask you two guys as, as dads. It felt like it was maybe a movie made for like 10 and up kids. It, it did feel like it was one of those like 80s or 90s movies like Mom and Dad Save the Universe. I don't know if y'all have ever seen that movie, but it felt like that. It was super goofy and weird. And yeah, I'll get into more of all this, but yeah, I was I was very whelmed by this. 
Yeah, obviously, uh, to answer that question, you know, I already kind of did that. I took both of mine to it, but it was one that you know, has some questionable things, but you have to really be paying attention to really catch those sometimes. But yeah, and I was a little concerned with Gore. I mean, he can be pretty spooky in a couple of those areas, but I mean, it's one of those, uh, you never know because mine, they love Jurassic Park, but he won't watch Toy Story. <laughs> I'm like, how does how does that work? <laughs> so yeah, I I like the way you just put that. I think I have that actually that like word for word in my notes that this is a children's movie, but with adult language, adult situations, and all like mm-hmm. it's very very confusing on that part because. After watching this with my wife, I was like, there's no way I'm taking my son to go see that. And I'm not dissing you or anything like that, Jeremy. Like my son in the while seeing Spider-Man No Way Home looked at me and said, hey, dad, let's go Scooby do this shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, shit's thrown in here like seven times or something. So like, no, I can't. I I can't because just that reason alone. Yeah. You know, on top of like him going to school, asking people, hey, y'all want to have an orgy? (laughs) No, son, you can't do that. Like, so, but there, there are like so many scenes that kids would find like the goats and seeing Thor's butt, like, like freaking boys would think that's hilarious for his clothes to be flicked off like that. And, um, yeah, there's so many scenes that I think my son would enjoy and actually think finds hilarious. Me, not so much, but definitely him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like I said, I, I just I don't feel like I'm at a spot right now where I can I can do that just because I know just the word shit alone he'll he'll pick up on and he'll roll with. So <laughs> yeah, so I was gonna save this for like a closing sort of statement, but. One of the things I, I figured out, because I, I rewatched this movie yesterday, actually, and the problem with this movie is that if this had been an animated movie, if this had been like Encanto or something like that, obviously they wouldn't have like shit or orgy in there. But if you kept everything the same, like even if it's Thor, but it doesn't have to be like Marvel Thor, just Thor, God of Thunder Thor. And he decides that there's a god killer and he's got to like go get the help from the other gods, but they just, you know, whatever, shun him away. So he's got to do it alone with some help from his friends. I would have loved this as a, like a kid's animated movie. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This would have been, yes. I, yeah. And yeah, I, I did everything you're saying. Yeah. Like if it's, it's because it's a Marvel movie and it's connected to the grander scheme of like the MCU that it just does not work for me. Yeah. And that being said, the reason why I'm not underly whelmed is there are some pretty funny jokes in here that I really, really like. Uh, yeah. The goat one is way overplayed, but the funniest one to me is when they hit the teeny tiny planet. <laughs> That's yes. the funniest one. I verbally yes. chuckled in theaters, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, real quick before we get diving all into this, let's do a synopsis of the movie. For those of you who have not seen it, but don't give a shit about spoilers, apparently, because you listen to us, for God's sakes. Um, (laughs) We've got Thor, God of Thunder, comes back into contact with his lost love, Jane Foster, who is now the mighty Thor. Gore was the last of his race, 
and winds up killing his god of his race with the Necro Sword, which is basically the the Shadow Master, I'm going to say. And he's on a venture to kill all gods. He wants to find eternity so that he can uh, wish all the gods to be dead. And Thor has to stop him, and Jane Foster comes along for the ride. Jane dies at the end, and Gore changes his mind. So we'll get into the details as we go on, but that's pretty much the story. And Jane, she dies because she has stage four cancer. Yes, yes. It does come up that Jane has cancer. Since we're talking about Jane, what did y'all think of Natalie Portman's performance? Like, how was that for y'all? I'll I'll say mine kind of repeating of what we had talked about, but I think last week on that episode, like I, I really enjoyed her in this movie and also that relationship between her and Thor. Uh, I think they did a great job and she, <laughs> I love the way that you put it last week, Michael, where she acted like it was her, her final, <laughs> final act kind of thing. <laughs> so of course we've seen in the end scene there that you never know. You may or may not come back, but Again, I think she did a, I really enjoyed it. I think she had, a, had fun with it. I even liked whenever she was, you know, trying to come up with her, her little catchphrase there. And she tried to all be like with her little strut and everything, like eating my, eat my hammer and all that stuff. So I, <laughs> again, I, I think she did a really good job. And that was honestly one of the better parts of the movie, in my opinion. I do want to say real quick that. Yes, the instant, one of the instant credits is Jane being welcomed to Valhalla by uh, Heimdall. And in the comic books, Jane Foster does come back after dying from cancer as the mighty Thor to become Valkyrie. So there's completely a open door for her to possibly come in as far as comic book canon goes. Of course, this is the MCU and they can do whatever they want, but that's I just want to throw that out there. What well, is 616? So, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so I didn't think I I don't agree with y'all at all. I think her, she's still a terrible actress. I thought she was so wooden in so many scenes, like especially the one you're referring to when she's walking to the like, uh, what is it? The uh, omnipotent yeah, thank city, you, omnipotent the city. Council. Yeah, the council. Uh, yeah, the council of omnipotent city. And she's talking with Thor and she's like, you know, this is my first bad guy and stuff like that. It, To me, it was so wooden. It felt like Thor and them had no <laughs> chemistry. I just don't. The, they Now, I will say the scene that they they did best in was when, when it's when he takes Storm, when Gore takes Stormbreaker oh. and they like get back to Earth oh, and yeah. she's in the in the bed with, you know, the stage four cancer and Thor's like talking with her and he says like, you know, I love you and stuff like that. That part was great, but everything else was terrible to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I stick by what I said. I think she was actually a delight in this movie. I enjoyed seeing her Jane Foster. I, I had no problems with her as, as Mighty Thor in this, uh, or as Lady Thor, as I like to call her. I honestly think they had a chance here because they made her so comical like comic relief they kind of took it away from Korg mm. and um, gave it to her I feel like they could have toned Chris Hemsworth's Thor back some and maybe that's why I, I, I'm so mad with this movie because it really is like it really does feel like Ghostbusters 2016 female Ghostbusters to me 
with like Saturday Night Live version of Thor is what this feels like to me. <laughs> and I feel like you had Jane there doing her her comedy relief and that could have taken away from Chris Hemsworth and it would have been fine. It still would have been a funny movie. I think the reason why it feels that way to you, Michael, a lot of people may not know this, but the, what'd you say, it was 2016, the all-female cast of Ghostbusters, it was all mostly ad-lib. Like, that entire movie, like, really didn't have a script. It was just mostly all of the comedic actors just riffing Ugh. with one another. So that's why it doesn't really hold up well. I kind of wonder if the same thing happened with this movie. Because Chris Hemsworth is in, uh, you know, the female Ghostbusters as well. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why is probably Chris Hemsworth. He is a naturally funny guy from what I hear. But yeah, there was a lot of jokes in this that did not work. And <laughs> I just was like, that. now there were a lot of other jokes because there's just a lot of jokes, period, that did. But there were a lot of them that I was just like, okay, I guess I... Once again, we go back to the kids movie... This movie also, I don't know if y'all are aware, but this movie should have been Nepotism the Movie because it had everybody's kids in it. <laughs> it had Natalie Portman's kids. It had Christian Bell's kids. It had Taika Waititi's kids. It had Chris Hemsworth's kids and wife. It's crazy. And they're all, they're all in the movie. And now I don't necessarily have an issue with that, but Maybe that's the reason it was just all like a fun get together with a bunch of friends and they just made a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Smith tries to do that all the time and they flop. So yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> okay. I think we've, uh, do y'all think that Natalie Portman will come back as, as Valkyrie? Do y'all want to see that at all? So uh, that was going to be my, my question about that. Cause I don't know the, the backstory to that, but how exactly do they come back as Valkyrie? Is it that somebody has to summon them or like call for that particular person somehow? Or how would she come back as Valkyrie? I I honestly don't know. I, I, I never read that run and maybe that's something that we need to read. I, I just know the synopsis essentially is that she dies of cancer, you know, wielding the power of Thor winds up messing with the chemo that she has. And therefore, you know, it, it she winds up dying of it. I did not read, I believe it happened in War of the Nine Realms, if I'm not mistaken, where she comes back as... Val War of the Realms. War, War of the Realms. Mm -hmm. I thought it was War of the Nine Realms. Anyway, I think it's just some sort of like Odin force magic or Thor force magic, which I think we see in this movie. I'm not sure. That brings her back. I don't know for sure because like I said, I haven't read it. It is a fairly new run. Mm -hmm. Like I want to say it happened maybe two years ago or something like that. To answer your question, Michael, do we want to see it? Do we think we'll see it? It all depends on how much money <laughs> they they <laughs> drop into Natalie Portman's lap. Do I want to see it? Not really, but if I have to, sure. <laughs> and that's only because I don't I don't like Natalie Portman is all. It's just she <laughs> she never wanted to be in the Thor movies to begin with. And it oh, did she not? No, she didn't. And it shows to me in those previous films. And this one, she wanted to be in this, and it still came off so stale and dry. <laughs> I don't want to see it again. But hey, you know, whatever. If they if they bring her back, cool. 
I mean, as a cameo, I could be cool with that. I don't want to see a Disney Plus series. I don't want to see another movie like as as a cameo in a Thor movie or as a cameo in Secret Wars. Yeah, if that's yeah. what we're going to and that's what we're getting, then I could see her being part of the Thor Corps or something like that. Yeah. To address her becoming Valkyrie, uh, that happened in War of the Realms Omega number one from 2019. So that was towards the end, I believe, of that War of the Realms storyline. But yeah, that's when she became Valkyrie in the comic books. All right. So I honestly believe this movie should have been a horror movie. Like, I don't think this should have been the Laugh Fest Thor Taika Waititi type movie that we that we got or that, you know, we were thinking, even thinking what we're getting. I think this should have been a straight up horror movie with Gore the God Butcher. And I think we should have got a lot more of Christian Bale's Gore the God Butcher because I thoroughly enjoyed him as Gore the God Butcher. He played it totally different than I would have thought Gore the God Butcher would have been played, but I still liked it. Yeah, I, I have to agree there. Like, I mean, it was something that we had, you know, even before the movie came out, we had talked about how we wanted it to be gore going around actually butchering gods and seeing all that chaos and being that that dark, sinister kind of movie that we were wanting. It seems like Disney just can't man up to that. Yeah. We wanted it to be that way in Moon Knight. And we wanted to be that way in this movie. And they just completely do the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's very frustrating because it's like you have this opportunity. You have the, the, I mean, the crowd, the fan base has grown up with the these movies now. I mean, starting off with Iron Man and now we're here. So the vast majority of your fan base is well into their late 20s, 30s, 40s there. So why not go ahead and start making some of these the dark that it's supposed to be like it is in the comic and just quit worrying about making it a Disney quote-unquote movie uh, and actually make it a Marvel movie. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%, Jeremy. Uh, Michael and I kind of discussed this off podcast, but I think one of the problems with this is that Thor doesn't have very many iconic villains, or rather he hasn't had one in a very long time. And Gore was one that we had in recent years that even though he was in 12 issues, he was, dare I say, iconic, or at the very least, rememberable. And to not do him justice, because in my opinion, Christian Bell, his acting was so over the top in so many scenes. I did not like, he sounded like a Dickensian street urchin in a lot of the scenes. <laughs> like when he was in the, the cage, the spike cage, and he was like, you know, that's a lovely little tale. And then he's like, hello. This is Opti. Opti likes his head ripped off. And then just like rips it off and throws it at the kids. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? What <laughs> the fuck? Like I get he said in a in an interview he only took this role because because of his kids. His kids wanted him to be in this movie. But I like I like Christian Bell and a lot of things. 
I did not like his gore. I did not like, I like some of his, some of the scenes, but for the most part, he slips into that, like, like I said, the street urchin accent and it's just bad to me. (laughs) Yeah. I got like tremendous, like Joker Voldemort vibes whenever he, that whole cage, like spiked children's cage. Like that's all I was thinking about the whole time. And I was like, this is totally not gore. I like it because it's creepy and I'm missing that creepy factor. But like, as like I said, I still dug a lot of the stuff that he was doing with that. So And I I don't know if I necessarily said anything about that either as far as his Christian Bell's portrayal there. I kind of had mixed feelings on him as well because it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't really what I obviously wasn't what I was hoping for. Uh, but he also still it kind of did give a little bit of those creepy vibes. And then again, at the same time, like I, all I could see was Batman slash Joker in there. And it just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of, kind of killed it for me too. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. So how, how do we feel about the Necro sword and how they played that? And we know that Sony has the spider verse and everything that goes with it, the symbiotes and stuff like that. The Necro sword has a strong tie to the symbiote universe and things. And basically, you when you wield the Necro Sword in the Marvel MCU 616 universe, you are the Shadow King, apparently. Yeah. How do y'all feel about that? I'm fine with it. I thought, like, to add on to that, I, I thought them handling Gore's origin at the very beginning of the film, I liked that. I liked all the stuff that we saw there with the with the finding of the Necro Sword and, and everything. I'm even fine with them it not being like it is all black, the Necrosword, but like it not really being it. It's not like a symbiote type thing. Even though those creatures, you could go back and retcon and say that they were, they just didn't know what to call them yet. But all in all, I was fine with all that. And it made his powers more formidable for gods. Like the fact that he could just like, like go out of the shadow and then pop back out somewhere else. (laughs) But yeah, like it, to me, I just the Mario like going down a tube noise. Just I think that's copyrighted, so I'm not going to make the noise. <laughs> I just pictured that noise every time he would drop away. I, I think it'd be great if he just did the little flip, like you said, whenever he just disappeared. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, I'll have to agree as well. I, I mean, again, not the only exposure I have to that necrosword is just through the uh, twelve issues that we read. But I think it was kind of cool how they did it. At the same time, I feel like he was like it was another like sword in the stone type thing because he would just stab it into the ground to like summon everything. And I don't know, it was just kind of weird. But I did like how you could you could see it kind of take over and transform his body. Well, at least yeah, a little bit transform it a little bit there at the beginning, and that allowed him to do in the in the shadows and stuff like that. So overall, I was I was fine with it. Yeah, just real quick. That was one of the things I I hadn't written down, but you just made me think of it. Did they, it feels like in a couple of scenes, the two scenes that I can think of is the one when he's at New Asgard and all the the black berserkers are attacking everybody and then Thor looks and sees Gore like way off in the distance. It looks like they digitally, like whenever his face is in shadow, you see the glowing eyes, but it looks like they gave him like a skull face. And then the other scene that it happened was when they were at 
the little teeny tiny planet. I don't know if that's the Shadow Realm or not. And he's got them in the tent all like lassoed up by tentacles and he's coming through the like field of tentacles. It seemed like they did it there as well. I didn't know if y'all caught that or not. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I know where it looks like he doesn't have a nose kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I was by the end, I was like, please tell me they're not going to take his nose away. <laughs> like, I, I like, no, I don't want there to be this whatever change throughout the entire movie. And at the end, we get the full gore. Like, no, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. You either start them off as gore at the beginning or you just continue on with what you got and just roll with it. Like, don't, don't do that to me. Yeah, I'd have to agree there because that, that, the, the no nose thing, I mean, that's just his race there in the comics. So that would yeah. just be, yeah, I agree completely. That's just, it would be ridiculous. So I'm glad that they, they didn't do that. I thought when originally I had mentioned that on a previous episode where maybe he would transform and he'd have like his comic book look. What I, what I envisioned was going to be kind of like how Venom takes over people and you know how Venom doesn't have a nose. Like I was picturing something like that. Like the sword would just not be a sword anymore and it would start like engulfing him and then he'd turn like blackish gray and then have like his eyes shine through and sharp teeth and no nose with like some tentacles coming off of his head. None of that happens, but I, <laughs> I, that's what I envisioned that they were going to do, possibly. So I feel like I have my answer now as to why we didn't get a no-nose tentacled gore in this movie. And and I know, you know, we've talked about before about it looking like Voldemort from Harry Potter and things like that. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with it's not because of that. Maybe it has something to do with it, but I'm thinking it's more because of the end that we get of the movie uh, where Gore's daughter is now a member in the MCU. Gore makes it to eternity. He wishes her back to life and she comes back. So now you don't have to have CGI on this little girl to have no nose. You don't have to put tentacles on her or anything like that. Like she can just be who she is doing her own thing. Uh, they gave her the same markings that her dad had, that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering if that's the big kicker. I'm wondering if that's why, because like I said, I, I think, I think she's going to be something big in, in the MCU. Yeah, she, that would make sense. I mean, that would absolutely make sense. We don't want to have to put a kid through, you know, whatever, 13 hours of prosthetics to make sure her nose <laughs> doesn't show or even that or just having to spend the money to CGI it out. Like, right. that totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree there too. And that brings up my other big question of who? <laughs> like, who is she? <laughs> okay, real quick, before we get into who is she, I, I want to say as far as the shadows go, I like that interpretation. I thought that was a very well alternative to the symbiote with keeping the color, keeping the creepiness, the the way that curves can be done and things like that. And shadows are everywhere. I just, I wish they would have all stayed the same creature and not necessarily been different kinds of creatures, but I really liked the shadow aspect of it that they did instead of it being symbiotes. Yeah. The, uh, the monsters were very Cronenberg. Like they were very, very much, especially the ones on the teeny tiny planet. I, I still don't know what that planet's called. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they looked very Cronenberg. It reminded me of the uh, episode of Rick and Morty, you know, 
Come on, Cronenberg, Morty. (laughs) (laughs) I had two things. Uh, One is, uh, speaking of that small planet, one thing I did think that was actually kind of cool was there, the final battle at the end type thing. Well, not at the end, but whenever Valkyrie and Mighty Thor and Thor were on there and you could like see all the stuff like whizzing around the the, the planet. I thought that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. And then the other thing was, speaking of like taking the kids to the movie, the whole scene where Gore comes to New Asgard, you know, he, then the, the shadow creatures take the kids. I knew that was coming. I was like, oh, geez, I hope my kids aren't going to pay too much <laughs> attention to this and they go to bed tonight. Like, <laughs> so I was, I was a little worried about that, but we were okay. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That that would be terrifying for a yeah. kid. Not even think about that. Yeah. But yeah, that would be terrifying for a kid. Yeah. yeah. My wife had turned to me, Jeremy, and was like, Jeremy took his kids to see this movie. <laughs> 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 <With> that scene. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Like, I just, I mean, well, because again, I mean, it, it was the whole, like, the vast majority of it was a comedy. It was like you said, a, right. a, a kid movie. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I was like, yeah, we can go take the boys to this and then get there and like, Oh crap, I forgot about these things. Like <laughs> but thankfully, like I said, they didn't really pay that much attention. Like I said, I, I thoroughly want to take my son to see this. I think he would thoroughly enjoy the movie and I think he would get over some of the scary parts of it. But like that's not a gamble I'm willing to take right now. Like yeah. it's just well, yeah. school I mean, calling me, bedtime's a nightmare anyways. Like, no, fuck my life. I'm not doing that. I am. Well, it, it, it's also in the um have you seen the movie, the animated movie? Uh, is it by pick? Anyways, it's called the Guardians, I think. No, oh, yeah. Where it was the with the Santa. Owls? Yeah. No, it's the no, 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 no. Uh, with like Santa, where it's Jack Frost is like the main character. He's a he's a and he gets like I it does it. his backstory. Okay, well you need to look it up because it's actually pretty good. It's about <laughs> and he's with Santa and the Easter Bunny and Sandman, and it's about the Boogeyman. I mean that one gets kind of creepy because it's boogeyman coming in at, at night and everything. But sorry, it's it's called Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians. Sorry, gotcha. yeah. Look at look it up. And that one actually is pretty pretty spooky to me. So, but that's actually a kids one, and it. I mean, it's kind of similar to to what they did in Gore. I mean, in Gore in Thor. <laughs> so, uh, less Gore. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. To answer your question, you had earlier of who, as far as singularity goes. Singularity is a cosmic entity that showed up during Secret Wars. You have a question already. Yes. Is Singularity, <laughs> is that the daughter? Is that, is that his daughter's name? I'm speculating. No, that we don't really. Do we even have a, a name for the daughter? I, I didn't. Yeah. Per IMDb, she's called Love. That's why the movie's called Love and Thunder. Okay. Which obviously is by the end of the movie, you know that. But anyway. Oh. I, I have a feeling that she is going to be the character Singularity from Marvel Comics. That character is a little girl. She is the a universe essence cosmic entity that has powers and things like that. Like I said, she showed up in the Secret Wars, the Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars storyline. First appearance was in A-Force number one. So with her walking to Gore and you see her reflection in the water and it's like the same as Eternity, the same would be the same as Infinity. That's my other spec. If she's not Singularity, that she would be Infinity. And I say that only because Infinity is the twin of Eternity. So you could kind of twist it that it's the twin or whatever, or the sibling of Eternity. But 
I, I'm leaning more towards Singularity just because Singularity is a girl. So that's who I'm thinking. That's who I'm specking that love is supposed to be is Singularity. Yeah, I think you absolutely, you're going to be 100% right on that and you can rub it in everyone's faces because <laughs> <laughs> like, like you said, you see her reflection and she looks like a little girl version of Eternity and that's what Singularity looks like. Plus, the, the, I think they mentioned that the temple was held at the center of the universe or something like that, which would kind of explain like a singularity. So, yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. So, good, good job, because I, I didn't even figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay on top of these books, man. Hustle. <laughs> So real quick, so singularity. I mean, so you said so she's a like a cosmic being kind of type thing. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so is that? I mean, maybe maybe why she has partly too like the little purple eyes glow that comes in there too. Well, in the comics, she's not really supposed to have much of anything but like white eyes. But this is also the movie verse, so yeah, it, it changes it up a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Richard's actually showing a picture right now. So y'all should Google it if you haven't seen her. It's, huh. it's really easy to find. Um, like I said, she pretty much looks like Eternity, but a little girl. So yeah, she does have powers and she does interact more with our heroes and stuff like that than Eternity and Infinity really do. So what what are her kind of powers? Um, I want to say that she can like teleport people into different areas. I want to say she's a multiversal being on top of that. I think that she can put up a barrier that's so far wide or something. There there were several things and I didn't list them all off, but per this wiki, her powers are enveloping shroud, teleportation, flight, telepathic tracking, and time traveling. And wielding an axe. Yes, and wielding an axe. Yeah, that was one of the things I was wondering at the end of this. Like, does she, can she wield Mjolnir? I can't remember. He gives her the axe, right? Yeah. Right. And then he, gives he, her he takes Mjolnir. I don't know. I just, but wait, wait, wait. But uh, she also, she had drawn on Mjolnir and somehow like put him, I guess maybe put him underneath in the bed. But, I mean, it kind of alluded that, like, that's right. At least to me. Yeah, you're right. She, it sounded like she put him under there. So I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So never mind. That answers my question. <laughs> Or is that a plot hole? Like, yeah. is she is she worthy to to wield Mjolnir? Like, like that's the kind of thing. Like, is that a plot hole, or is it going to be some kind of retcon? Oh no, Thor put it there because he was trying to hide it from her because she's constantly trying to draw on it and shit. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah, like that. That was one of the gag. Like, that's a I didn't one that just came up naturally with us talking. That a gag that I just did not think it fell flat. Like, oh, she drew on Mjolnir. Yeah, like. It just was so not. I was just like, "Is this is this supposed to be funny?" I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just a humorless dick, but like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, I thought the timing was horrible because like somebody the the writer for the latest What If Miles Morales book just got blasted hard because of his interpretation of Miles Morales as Thor which I haven't read the book yet, so I don't want to pass judgment either way. I've heard lots of people talk about it, and from the sounds of it, it does sound distasteful. But again, I have not read it yet, so I don't want to, mm. to pass judgment on it. But basically, like Thor, like Mjolnir had graffiti on it and stuff like that. Mm. And I was like, 
this dude just got blasted. <laughs> and then we've got a little girl. What's this a little girl that paints a face on there? So like it's it's not a big deal, but yeah. it's I was just like, oh well, isn't that kind of a quinky date? All right. So here's my beef with the freaking axe. Okay. You want to make this movie better for me, anyways. All right. Here's what you do. Gore's not after Stormbreaker. Gore's after the damn lightning bolt. Okay. That's the key to get to eternity. Yeah. All right. He's got to kill some fucking gods on the way to get to that lightning bolt, all right? Obviously, because he's the god butcher, for God's sakes, okay? So then, in the end, when he's about to open the gates of eternity and Jane Foster is falling flat because of the whole cancer thing and she doesn't have Mjolnir right there in her hands, you have Thor pick up Mjolnir and Stormbreaker and he use them like he did in the comics Mm, to beat Gore. Yeah. I'm just saying. That would have been better. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, that that absolutely would have been better. Yeah. It would make more sense. And then it fills the plot hole of why the fuck didn't Zeus say he's not getting to eternity because you have the key? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't know. The whole he needed the Bifrost thing I thought was weird to begin with because I was like, why why does he need? What's so special about the Bifrost? And then the way it like hits the, the symbol to like, it was like a, it almost felt like a video game. Like, uh-huh. oh no, you've got to like stop it before the timer runs out. Like, I don't know, like the ticking <laughs> clock element is a thing in movies that they do. And that's, that's what that is, is a ticking clock element. But I just, yeah, the, the, the whole, there's a lot that I did not really enjoy with this movie. So while, while I'm there in that scene, I will say I love the part where, Thor gives the power of Thor to all the kids, yes. especially that little one wielding a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> She's screaming. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was great. I love that. Like, yeah. So is that, that's where I was mentioning about the Odin force or the Thor force. Is that him using the Thor force? Because he whispers the same, like he uses the same magic that Odin did to make Mjolnir worthy. Is that is that what that is, maybe? I thought, I don't know. I was just wondering if you thought the same thing as well. I'm going to say, I think it's the Odin, the Odin force or whatever, because he also whispers to Mjolnir, you know, take care of her, talking to Jane mm-hmm. earlier on in the movie, and the, the crest comes up on the side of Mjolnir, the same as it did when Odin was talking to Mjolnir of, you know, whoever shall wield this hammer and will have the power of Thor, and he throws it off. It was that whole same vibe of, you know, of, of him of him telling the hammer something. Yeah. So I think it's the own force is what I think personally. Gotcha. Is, is there a difference? No, not really. Like the Odin force. So in the comics, the Odin force is just this nebulous term of when Odin used like really powerful magic, like bestowing the whole, you know, whoever holds the wields this hammer, if he be worthy, shall wield the power of Thor. And then sometimes he'll just use it as like a big giant like Kamehameha wave and like destroys like a bad, bad guy. But when Thor eventually becomes the new All-Father, he uses the magic and he calls it the Thor Force instead of the Odin Force. But it's basically one in the same. Oh, okay. I think it's mentioned in the Jason Aaron comic book that we had read. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that scene too. Like whenever he first said he was talking to Thunderbolt and he, he was speaking the chant and then he goes for a limited time only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I make sure to put that in there. <laughs> well, since we're mentioning Thunderbolt for a second, 
was Zeus a majorette? Did anyone get that vibe? Like, motherfucker. Uh-huh. <laughs> he comes down in a little skirt and then he's like, yeah. he's flipping it around. Like, my wife turned to me and, and she was like, is Zeus a majorette? <laughs> like, I was just giggling during that scene. Uh, yeah, I'll have to say, like, I, I thought that was funny to, to some extent about that. But at the same time, I was like, this is supposed to be Zeus. Yeah. Like, the, the most powerful one. And they made him a coward one and just very silly so i was pissed off when i first saw zeus like i say first saw like as you start getting the vibe of zeus and who he actually is i i just i start boiling the entire time i realized what they were doing because pretty much any and every guy that you come across that talks is a complete asshole yeah in this movie and I'm fine with them doing that. I, I I had no problems with that because that's supposed to set up and and kind of prove Gore was right or is right that pretty much all gods are, you know, in, in the Marvel universe, all gods are assholes. So I, I, I got that. I, I was fine with him not being fit. I was fine with him being Tubby Zeus. That was cool. Or, or Hefty Zeus. I was fine with, you know, him being concerned with orgies and stuff. Well, for the most part, when he was like, I'm warning you, you're not going to the orgy. This is the last chance. You you won't be invited to the orgy. You're not invited to the orgy. I was just like, oh fuck. I'm like, really, dude? Like, <laughs> come on, fuck me, really? Don't, but really, <laughs> like. So when he did his fucking like pulled his skirt to the side or whatever, like a Marilyn Monroe kind of thing, I was just like, this is fucking stupid. I'm done. I'm done with this fucking movie. I'm so fucking done with it. I. I <laughs> <laughs> You you know who who wasn't a dick though one of the gods that wasn't a dick it was Ninny of the Nani I loved him Hey Ninny Nani I love I love that joke I don't know if y'all caught it but the second time watching it he's sitting on a Game of Thrones esque throne that's made of scissors because rock beats scissors Oh my god Holy cow I noticed the scissors, but I never put that together. That's uh-uh. that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> I didn't either. There were so many Easter eggs in Omnipotent City. I wrote them down as best as I could. I don't know all half all these gods, but I just wrote down their ex-god or whatever. We see Bast. We see Dionysus. We see a dragon god that looks like it's probably one of the gods from like the McLuhan's or something. We see an Aztec god a Maori god, a Japanese god. We see two celestials, which per the wiki says it's the mad celestial and celestial gardener. Also, there's a reference to the guard of, uh, the god of carpentry, which I think is a reference to Jesus, (laughs) which will, which will lead me into apparently there was concept art, but originally Russell Crowe was supposed to be Satan and not Zeus. Uh, Yeah. Okay. He, he he was supposed to be the devil. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I like the I like the Zeus aspect better. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then sorry, the bow, the god of dumplings, which was like a weird like claymation animation. Or I something. love that guy. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> now he was funny. I like that. Uh huh. Did anybody get a since we're talking about Zeus and, and that whole scene and stuff like that? Did anybody get a good? Did they anybody go back? I didn't and look to see the tattoos on Thor's back, the tramp stamps and stuff like that that he had for Loki, like this tattoo shrine he had for Loki. 
No, I, I like I, I've I've looked up what other people were talking about, but nothing's really come of it. It's just basically a bunch of tramp stamps for for Loki. <laughs> okay, so another one of my beasts with the hammers because because I had to circle it real quick so I didn't forget. I hated the whole jealousy. Oh story my god, with with the hammers and the like. I hated that. I fucking hated it. But. Again, if you had done like my story was and he wielded both at the end, it would have put an end to that story as well with the, the two being jealous with each other. <laughs> I, I'll say like I, I had fun with it some and in, like I, I thought it was kind of kind of funny at times. But at the same time, it was a little, again, kind of the theme of this movie is a little overdone. But I, I mean, I liked whenever <laughs> he'd be saying something about the the hammer and like the stormbreaker would just kind of ease into the to the shot and he'd be like, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> I, I, I sorry, I I fucking love that. That was one of my favorite gags in the movie. It was like he'd be talking, you hear "wom," uh-huh. it would just like appear, and he's like, "Oh, hey, stormbreaker, how's it going?" Uh. And then, oh yeah, and even uh, with lightning, with a uh, thunderbolt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because he's talking about like, oh, it's so sleek and sexy, and then like the boat rattles, <laughs> and <laughs> for you, it's, it's for you, you know, nice, it's sleek for you, not for me. Also, when he rode at the very beginning of the movie with the guardians, <laughs> and he rode Stormbreaker like he was on like Harry Potter or something. <laughs> I that yeah. was so funny. I did like to see that when he planted Stormbreaker, it didn't begin to sprout roots. Mm-hmm. So with it being a Groot, I wonder if eventually we could get some kind of another Groot out of this, <laughs> this Stormbreaker. You know what I mean? Like, Toot. what's keeping it from continuously... <laughs> 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 like, like, what's keeping this axe from continuously getting arms and stuff like that? Is it because it's not rooted? Is that what the deal is? Because, I mean, even at Groot's destruction in Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the first movie, Rocket had to plant one of the sticks of Groot in a pot for it to eventually become a Groot. Yeah. So, I guess that's what it is, is that he's, he's got to plant it and then it can sprout from there. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah. It would it would appear so. I, I doubt they'll go. I think that was just for a gag. Yeah. But yeah, I think y- you could be right. Like they could plant it and we'd get, like I said, toot. <laughs> <laughs> I am toot. <laughs> the other, I did kind of like with that whole thing, it kind of made me think of in the actual comic where he was, his goal as the, as young Thor was to get be worthy of Mjolnir and to get the hammer. So it just, I don't know, part of me kind of correlated it to that to make it a little bit more understandable as well. I'm lost. I'm sorry. You know, in the comic, like, I mean, whenever he's young Thor, like his his whole goal is to get Mjolnir and he's just so obsessed with Mjolnir. And so in this one, he thought he had lost Mjolnir, but oh, you know, he kind of, kind of wants it back now. And so, it, I don't know, it, it I know this is a big way roundabout way to get it, get it, make it make sense a little bit, but like as far as that's, that's his mule near. And so he's just trying to get back to it type thing. Well, and something else funny now that you bring that up is in the movie, he finds out that he's still worthy of mule when it's yeah. sitting on a keg. Did he not try and move it in the comic books 
when his younger self from a keg when it's sitting on a keg or something like that and he was trying to move it off of there and yeah it wouldn't move i think so i maybe oh we gotta look i gotta look this up yeah yeah <laughs> you're gonna have to <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll, I'll, we'll have that for the next episode. I'll, I'll clarify that next episode. So one of the biggest things that I was happy about, because my wife and I have been screaming about it, and it is when we're at New Asgard, we see Daryl, like from the old Marvel one-shot shorts where they called it Team Thor and Team Daryl, where it was showing what Thor was doing during Civil War. Daryl's the, uh, he's the tour guide for Mjolnir. You know, when there's a guy <laughs> like... And yeah, Valkyrie even calls him Daryl like later on when they're having like the town hall meeting. She's like, Daryl, go get go get something. I forget what she says, but I was like, oh, my God, there's Daryl. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my gosh. The other thing I will say too, or not say, but I had a question with about Mjolnir is does it have that? I don't know if y'all, I think y'all all said y'all read it. But as far as with Mighty Thor, does, she, does it still is it still broken? Like that in the comic where like it splits off? No, 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 no. No, the Mighty Thor. So the way the Mighty Thor happens is original sin happens. uh, Nick Fury whispers into Thor's ear. Thor gets big bug eyed. The hammer drops. He can't lift it anymore. We don't know for the longest time what he says. I believe I can't remember if it's in the end of that comic run, the original sin, like that event. But there's a comic where. I believe it's Odin and what's Odin's wife's name? I can't like Thor's mom. I can't think of her name right now. Oh, Frigga. Frigga. Yeah. Thank you. Odin and Frigga are trying to like pick it up, but they can't. And and Odin's like cursing the hammer because he's like, I put the spell on you. Why can't I lift it? Anyway, they leave. And then it just shows someone walk up onto the moon and grab it. And then it shows the writing on the side of Thor, the whole like, spell you know whoever holds this hammer if he be worthy and then the the inscription changes to she instead of he and then it just shows we don't know it's jane it's not revealed it's jane until much later in the story but we see female thor the mighty thor whatever you lady thor whatever you want to call her whole like wielding mjolnir and then it was like you know it was saying like check out mighty thor coming I don't know what year, 2016 or something like that. But to answer your question, no, it was not broken. It was just the normal hammer. Gotcha. Now, when she becomes Valkyrie, she wields a weapon called Undenjarn, and it can turn into other weapons. And I was getting strong vibes of that, and I was really hoping that's what we were going to get, is that like she would turn it into a mace, or she'd turn it into a sword or a whip or whatever. Don't get me wrong. It was super cool that she was able to like throw the shards and then them come back and like capture people's heads and like close them in or capture <laughs> like shadow monsters heads and close them in on on the on the hammer itself. I thought that was super cool, but I was I was hoping they would have gone for all circle and just gone ahead and give her underjarn and yeah. or at least said Mjolnir was that and that way we would have seen it. Mm-hmm. So so we've talked a little bit about eternity and when what did y'all think about eternity being the god bomb? Like, as far as, like, the story goes, like like we said before, I like how they did the shadows to replace the symbiotes. And we've got an eternity now to replace the god bomb. I thought that was freaking genius, honestly. Yeah. Uh, of one wish to be able to, like, that was, I just thought, uh, that blew my mind. I was like, you know what? Applause to y'all on that. Because that that's awesome, considering the story that it's coming from. 
What was y'all's thoughts on that? Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I, I literally was like, <gasps> when, <laughs> when it was revealed that Eternity was going to be in this movie, and then we actually get to, like, I was so worried we weren't going to get to see Eternity. We'd just see the statue, like the altar thing. But yeah, no, I, I dug that, because Eternity is a very powerful cosmic being that you could absolutely say, yeah, you know, if you reach him, if you can even call him a him, he's, I don't know, a void. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, like when you reach eternity, you are granted one wish. Now I'm wondering, is that gone now since they made the one wish? Because like he just fucked off after <laughs> after the one wish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was totally down with that over just a God bomb. Yeah, I have to agree. Like, I think that was really cool as well how they did that. I mean, I obviously didn't know anything about Eternity really before this. So, I I mean, I enjoyed that. And it was kind of confusing as far as, I mean, they 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 all got there to Eternity. But I guess in that they had a, a line in there at one point where they said, like, the first person to get to Eternity or the first being to get there to Eternity got the wish. So, I mean, it kind of sucks that you... <laughs> You end up right there and like you can't get your wish, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. One trip, one wish, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jeremy, you just said you didn't know too much about Eternity. So, I'm assuming you really haven't seen him in the comics or anything like that to actually, right? Like, no representation for him. Richard, you were really concerned about the way Eternity would look. And like you just said, whether or not we'd even get to see him, were you disappointed by how he was presented or looked? Uh, uh, No, absolutely not. I thought they did a just spot on. They made him three-dimensional. I was worried that he would come off looking too, like, 2D almost because he is uh, depicted in the comics just a silhouette of of the universe, of eternity, just an endless eternity, which also... I still say the Guardians of the Galaxy scene in Guardians 2 when Star-Lord, his eyes turn into like the galaxy and he says, I see eternity. I still think that's a reference to him. But yeah, they even give him that like half face that you kind of see that's like a, it's like a darker shade or something and you can see him. I wanted to see him move a little bit. He didn't really move. Um, I also wanted to hear him speak because I was hoping they would give like, yeah. get like a big boomy voice actor for him. But on the whole, absolutely, I loved how they portrayed him. You, you didn't want uh, Morgan Freeman to be the voice there for you? I, actually, that'd be a good one. I, that would be a good one. <laughs> I was going to say, considering how this movie was going, you might have actually been extremely disappointed to hear his voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you would have wound up with Taika Waititi voicing him or something like that, and you'd have another Korg. Y- yeah, exactly. What's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Did y'all get Soul World vibes when they got to Eternity? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there so- goes that. <laughs> I don't know. I was just agreeing with Richard. Yeah, since you don't know, <laughs> I they don't. The, I don't think the Russo brothers confirmed this, but when Thanos snapped and he went into this orange world that had like water, and he sees like Baby Gamora, and she's like, you know, are you happy? Oh, I forget yeah, what yeah. she says to him. She's something like, was it worth it? And he's like, yes. And she says, what did it cost you? And he's like, everything. 
to me, because it's all in orange, that's Soul World. When it's established in the comic books, Adam Warlock goes into it a lot, but because he's like the, oh, I don't know, the the person that always has the soul gem, it's embedded in his head. But um, it's a world that you can go, it's essentially like the afterlife. And it's a world you can go to that has all the souls. And yes, it absolutely reminded me of that scene with Gamora, which I think is soul world. So yes, to answer, all that was <laughs> to loop back to just go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely without the orange tint, orange or yellow or however it was. I think it was orange, more orange. But I guess now uh, there's not a soul world or maybe it's somewhere else because the stones are destroyed. I Maybe this is a new soul world. I I don't know. I just, when I saw it, I was like, this seems a lot like soul world and just the, the white background and the water and all that jazz. I was just like, wow, this is, it's cool. I liked it. I dug it. Uh, I just got some really big soul world vibes. So as far as my notes go, that's, I'm pretty much done. So please, one of y'all take the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, so my, uh, obviously big question will be, and I know we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but what exactly, just as a reminder, like what exactly is Hercules's big role here? So I have it written down for, I guess, if we were talking about where we're going from here. But Hercules is the stinger for those that are listening. It's played by Brett Goldstein. He's from Ted Lasso. That's mostly what he's known from. Yeah, and I turned when when he, I didn't tell my wife that he was the one playing Hercules. I just told her that Hercules would show up in the stinger. And then she turned and she's like, oh my God. And I did the hizzle, like, you'd have to see Ted Lasso, which it's a great show. Y'all should watch it. But I was like, Kaylee. Uh, <laughs> but anywho, y'all don't under, understand that reference at all. Uh, it's just for me. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Thor 5 is absolutely going to be like Beta Ray Bill shows up. Hercules and Ares teams up to hunt after Thor and then it's revealed that Ares is going to be like the main bad or betrays Hercules. And then Hercules like joins up with Thor to be like a hero for the next whatever series. But absolutely, that's what Thor 5 is going to be about. Are you, are you oh. confirming that? I'm confirming that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would think that's, I would think definitely by the end of Thor 5 or whatever the next bat is that Hercules would turn and become a, a hero because he's an Avenger. I mean, mm -hmm. he's he's got ties to Amadeus Cho and things like that. Like, I, I think there's no question there that he'll eventually become a hero. So so he's just out to get Thor. I mean, is that really like his backstory there a little bit or like really mostly what he comes in in the comics or? No, he just, he's a god like Thor and he shows up and he's hes more of a, to me, he's more like a frat boy. <laughs> Thor kind of is too in the comics. Like Thor's not like he is in the movies. He's very like a ladies man and likes to drink and do all sorts of stuff. But like Hercules is that times like a thousand, if that makes any sense. Like he's <laughs> very boneheaded and you know, is kind of a goofball, which would fit in the Take Waititi. I got to be honest with you, just think, talking about this, I don't want Take Waititi direct Thor 5. 
I just don't. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I love his movies, but I'm, I'm, no, I'm done. I'm done. You, you, he needed someone to rein him back in this, in this movie. Yeah. I agree so, so hard with you, Richard. So basically, Hercules is not like his, his Disney movie. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> no. Which is probably the best Disney movie. I just want to go out there and say that. Um, <laughs> the joke, my favorite joke of the movie is when he says, we shall return with children and we shall feast. Not on the children. Those were dark times. We won't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that joke oh my God. was so fucking funny. <laughs> also, the joke when they're arguing at the town hall meeting, someone says like, you know, like, we need to go find and, and kill them and get our children back. And someone's like, how? We only have half our soldiers. And another one replies, we always have only half of our soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> the other like question I had it, you know, when we usually talk about where we're going from here, and you've already said it once about it, Richard, about with Thor 5, but I, I'm kind of going back to also what we said, I think last week it was, where it just still seems like there's so much in the air as far as different characters doing different things, and there still has yet to be anything to tie them together yet. And it, like I just, I mean, I know in in, in Doctor Strange we had Clea coming in at the end that kind of gave the whole secret invasion stuff, but I don't know. It's still secret it's wars kind of bugging me that we. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, secret wars. It's still kind of bugging me that there's so many of these things that have yet to give any kind of clue of how we're really tying them together. Yeah, I feel like this phase of Marvel is very discombobulated if that's the proper word or disjointed I think it also is very comic booky like these are just separate runs now that they're not tying into one another and that's just that them's the breaks them's are comic books but uh I will agree I have been like where what are we doing where are we headed what's going on what, what where am I who am I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'll I'll agree with you, Jeremy. But this does feel like I said, like comics in general. Yes, I'm I'm going to echo a lot of what Richard just said. I, I'm also going to sit there and I'm going to say something that I've said before. I think on the podcast, I think off the podcast. I think it's an issue between us as consumers and Marvel as creators, and I, and I think we can only you know talk about COVID so many times because, and I say that only because of massive reshoots that we had on other movies to possibly try and fix things and, and make it more meshed. So I think us as consumers have to realize we're not at the end game anymore. We didn't start all the way back over. However, we're we're in that little kind of offshoot of in between and we have to realize that's where we're at is that like we're back to building again. And I think Marvel, as the creators, have to sit there and at some point hurry up and say, this is what we're going to, just to appease us as consumers. Like, we're already speculating and, and most everybody's confirming that we're going to Secret Wars with Marvel confirming that they have the rights to the name Secret Wars and things like that from the creators. And doing a lot of cleanup work with Secret Wars type stuff. 
with the name incursions being thrown out there, like it looks very much like that's where we're headed to. But Marvel's not said that yet. And I think once Marvel says that, I think it's going to put a lot of people at, at peace for some reason, I guess. I do think they're throwing a lot, of, they're juggling a lot of things, especially, you know, with the Miss Marvel thing, like we just talked about, the the possible, the, uh, not possible, the introduction of mutants into the MCU. Like that's going to throw a whole nother kerfunkle in this. I think it's just going to be realizing where we're at, honestly, in the timeline and having patience is probably just going to be, and it's going to be difficult. But I think after probably this upcoming weekend, which is uh, San Diego Comic-Con, and after D12, I think we're going to have a clear, clear road as to where we're going. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, I mean, that's, uh, I know we, we just talked about that too, about how there's obviously a boo koodles and more people talking about comics and movies and this stuff right now than there was whenever first Iron Man came out. But at, also at the same time, I mean, like Richard again said in Iron Man, I mean, they already kind of gave that in credit scene of, oh, we're assembling a team. So everybody knew that it was going to be Avengers coming, which I, I mean, we still know. I mean, guess now that they established that there's, we still know that there's people out there that working together and, you know, obviously got Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch working together and stuff like that. So I guess it wasn't, I mean, it was a good, I, I obviously don't remember the exact movie, but I guess it was a good while before we realized they actually started bringing in Thanos. So, but it, it does kind of concern me too if they're almost letting it go a little bit too long where people are going to start really getting like, okay, this is getting a little much here. We need to figure out what's going on and just kind of wear in the audience out a little bit. That might be probably the biggest point is that that you just made was the fact that like we knew Avengers was coming. We didn't know what it was going to look like. We didn't know what it was going to be. However, we knew the Avengers was coming, which was going to be the biggest thing in comic book movies since ever. Uh, to team up, you know, these four superheroes or however many in, in one single movie, like that was going to be just fucking huge. Yeah. And uh, and now we've got things like Endgame where it's like we're so spoiled we don't understand what to do with ourselves <laughs> yeah. anymore. It's very much a double-edged sword to not know where we're going. However, we live in a world now where the possibilities are endless. You 10 years ago, fuck it, five years ago, you couldn't talk about, oh, we're going to have a Young Avengers this. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a West Coast Avengers this. No, fuck that. We're not having any of that shit. That shit's not happening. No, it's not. We're talking about Secret Wars now. Uh, no, there's no fucking way they could ever do Secret Wars, but we're talking about it now. Like, it's so much of a double-edged sword of we don't know where we're going, but the fact of the matter is this is a great time to be a Marvel fan because the possibilities are fucking endless. Like, it's yeah. insane what we could or can't go to, like, especially with Kane now, like. Yeah, you brought up something that reminded me. I remember the night of going to see, I went to the midnight showing to go see Endgame and I went and saw it with my wife and I told her before we got out of the car to go in the theater, I was like, if you'd have told 15-year-old me that at some <laughs> point in my life that one, I would see like Spider-Man brought onto the big screen, let alone the Avengers and that the Avengers were going to take on Thanos in a, like, 20-movie series leading up to it, I'd have said, you're smoking crack. <laughs> like, that would never happen. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you absolutely are right about that. Like, yeah, anyway, uh, that, that just made me think of that. Sorry. 
No, I, 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 I completely, I mean, obviously I didn't grow up with it like y'all did, but yeah, it, and I, I completely agree too. It's just, it's one of those, like, you don't want to sound, oh, well, for other, in other words, like don't want to sound entitled, like, Hey, where's my movie? Where are we going? Kind of thing. Cause I mean, we're, like you said, we're spoiled now with the, with the end game and things like that, which that also maybe, <laughs> they maybe kind of, I kind of got in game esque feels from the, um, whenever Thor gave it to the little kids, like with the, all the, <laughs> all of them like oh. charging in. Like I thought it was kind of cool just having a big group, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a catch 22 there. Like you got really cool stuff. And then, but then you got the people that are like, all right, what's happening kind of thing. So yeah, I will say, I want to bring up real quick. I love the black and white scene on the little moon that we can't figure out if it's a planet or whatever. I love that. I love how they did the colors. Yeah. When they yeah. did the clash and stuff like that. I thought that was awesome. I also love the, uh, when they're all tangled up inside the tent, which I'm like, where the fuck was that tent when they were heading towards the planet? Cause it had to have been half the planet anyways. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> I, I think you had a moment to kind of do the cave torture scene that, and they yes. kind of did it. They kind of did it, but I think it could have been so much better if it would have been a horror movie. Yes. That's just my two cents though. Cool. Okay, cool. I <laughs> know, uh, I, I completely agree on that too. So. All right, Jeremy, where can they find you at? Uh, well, they can find me on Twitch every now and then under the handle Night Fury GTO. That's Night with a K. And uh, yeah, of course you can you can find me here or just wandering aimlessly still around the comic book store. <laughs> <laughs> Where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want to contact me directly. My handle is Night Curry, night like day and night, and curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to look for us elsewhere, we have TikTok. We have Twitter. No, we don't have a Twitter. We have TikTok. We have YouTube. We have all sorts of manner. Just just search Comically Comics Podcast in your favorite social media and will more than likely pop up. <laughs> Roll the dice. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and whatnot at 22 underscore comics. You can also find me on YouTube at the handle 22 comics. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. And with all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. Roy, if you die, do you want to be buried or cremated? Like if you were hit by a bus today, what do I do? Go after the bus driver and make him pay for what he did to me. Avenge me, Keely. Avenge me!